Leslie has a thirst for learning and knowledge, which I find inspirational. Throughout her life, she has been surrounded by makers and artists, and she is clearly an accomplished maker herself. Whether it is sewing or baking or gardening, Leslie's breadth of knowledge is simply incredible. And I love that all of her knowledge is still not enough for her. Leslie insists on spending her days learning new skills and new ways of interacting with the world. The best part of her commitment is that it's not for some arbitrary objective like a test or a job, but simply learning for the sake of learning. Leslie reminded me of the great Greek philosophers who constantly honed their intellects and sharpened their skills because the development of the mind for its own sake is a noble achievement. Too much of our existence consists of learning just to pass a test and achieving just to win a job or a promotion. Leslie reminded me that the learning which really changes you for the better is done for its own pleasure, for how it makes you feel. The world needs more of that. Here's my interview with Leslie Webb. Okay, my friend Leslie. <laughs> how are you, my friend? I'm well, thank you. Good. How much, how nervous were you going into this? Coming into the program? No, into this interview. Very nervous. Why? Because I don't like being put on, on the spot. I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, Leslie, can you please tell me about your professional and educational background before you came into fine furniture? Okay. Well, my professional background, I worked for a small hospital and I was part of the foundation. So the fundraising arm of the hospital, it's out on the peninsula. So it's a little tiny hospital, community-based and it, we ran events. We we ran, well, there was two of us in the office. So I organized big events, golf tournaments, galas, uh, bocce tournament, bed race, um, you name it. Tea, tea, tea with the queen. <laughs> um, all sorts of things at all sorts of venues for donors who would just give to the hospital, which blew me away. I, I, even when I left after 20 years, I could never under, it, it, it was such a joy when people would come into my office and, 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 and give me money. <laughs> and, and I think, oh my gosh, it's, they were so kind. Yeah. Yeah. So. Did you have any uh, experience in the trades or in, did you have any sort of artistic background before you joined the program? Um, Making's always been in my life. I, I You're grew, a big sewer. Yes. So my first sewing machine was my mom's old Jones hand crank sewing machine. So I was already sewing my clothes at age 12. And then I went through the whole sewing thing through high school. And then in Victoria, there wasn't anywhere to go as far as continuing on with that. And I didn't want to go to university. So I... I took a job in the forestry service and worked for them for 10 years before I started my family. But sewing has always been big for me. My dad was a carpenter. He used to build furniture. My house is full of the furniture that he built. I didn't know that. Oh, it's beautiful. And so then my husband was a carpenter. We built two homes together. It's it's just always been a part of my life is making and 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 appreciating the the craft. 
I assume your mom taught you how to sew. She, yeah, she did. Can you yeah. talk about those memories of learning how to sew with your mom? Yeah. So there's seven girls in my family. Oh, wow. Any yeah. boys? One. Yeah. And so we just, she sewed. She sewed for us. And, you know, when you got to an age where you wanted to pick up a, a needle, well, she would put you on the right track and, and you know, help you cut a, cut out your design or whatever. And you just, she would show you how to, we picked it up. Lots of people don't have that ability, but we just kind of all picked it up. So of the seven girls, how come you ended up with mom's sewing machine? Probably because I was the only one that stayed in Victoria and I asked her for it. It meant a lot to me. So, Do you still use it? Yeah. Well, no, I don't use it. I have it in my sewing room. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you use it anymore? Because it's difficult to crank with one hand and push with the other. It's not a treadle. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes you'd be, you'd have to crank it quite fast and then, you know, your sewing would kind of be going off on another angle. So. Yeah. It's not accurate. Why did you enroll in the fine furniture program? So, because I've always loved craft and wood and um, making. And my my husband built a big shop on our property. And it's full of all of the tools. And sadly, he passed away. And I would go into the shop and just look at it and think, well... What am I going to do with all this stuff? Like, I don't understand what it's all for. I know a little bit, but certainly not nothing to do with the jointer, planer, or any, any of the fine stuff. So then I, my lovely girlfriend, um, Angela, she was a huge support for me after my husband died. And her and I were going to take the evening class that Camosun had offered. She wanted to help me through the, the time. And um, then it, she became ill and she passed away. So then COVID happened and then I thought, well, they're not offering that course anymore. So I thought, well, why, why don't I look at the full-time course? I'm retired. And, and so I tried. I thought, well, I got to learn... I have to learn in a safe manner how to use all of this stuff. And um, I looked at the test requirements in the portfolio, and I said to my kids, well, I have no idea what to put in my portfolio. And, and my daughter goes, Mother, just look around at the house. What haven't you made here? <laughs> and I went, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I've made the curtains. You know, I do all the gardening. I, the, I have my sewing room full of quilts that I've made. And I went, oh, yeah, I guess, I mean, you just don't think about what you have done. So I looked at the, um, the testing online and I went, oh, well, I, I have no idea. I can't remember how to do a fraction. <laughs> so I started, no. So I started, um, looking, I started Googling, a. Mr. Smith's grade six fraction. I think I watched those videos. So, <laughs> I think I watched those and videos so I, when I, I was studying for our entrance exam. Yeah, and and so anyway, uh, they allowed me to take the class. I was or the exam. I was so um, nervous. 
I went in and I, I did really well. I surprised myself. And then, I mean, they you pass and then you have to wait for a placement and they offered me a placement. And I just, I felt like I had already won the lottery. I, I, I felt so honored to be accepted into the program. And um, it's just been amazing. Nine months later, do you still feel like you won the lottery? I, absolutely. And I wish this was a two-year program. Yeah. And I, because I feel like I'm only just starting. How often do you think about Angela and your husband when you're in the program? All the time. Yeah. 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 So it just, it just makes you appreciate um, um, the hard work that goes into creating things mm -hmm. and being appreciative of it. And, um, and she was, um, she was just an amazing heartful heartful person and yeah anyway all the time so what kind of friendships have you made in fine furniture if you've made friendships or what you know describe the relationships especially since you and i i think are what they call more non-traditional students <laughs> versus yeah. the age range of some of the other more traditional students. Well, I I came into the program thinking, okay, I'm the oldest person here. I'm not going to be going out and in, in, into the world, working world. I, I'm doing this for me. Um, you know, I, I don't know how they're going to receive me as a, as a, an older person. I mean, I could be a mom to anybody here and I didn't want to, be in that capacity. I wanted to just learn from Sandra. And, and so um, I've just, I've been really surprised and grateful that everybody just sort of thinks I'm the, one of them. No, you are. Yeah. I might ask a lot of questions, but. A lot less than I ask. <laughs> and have take you, a lot of notes. Have you had any mom moments? Have you had to mother anyone? I no, I don't want to do that, and I and I haven't. It's probably yet. very healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I. Everybody is their own person, and however they live is none of my business. So I, that's not something I would want to do. Even the pipe trades, how they live, is none of your business. Absolutely not. I how do you feel about the pipe I, trades? I appreciate them. I appreciate <laughs> my. Sewage not backing up. I appreciate my drains running. I appreciate my water coming out of my taps. I think it's an ongoing joke. I don't. I don't understand wh where that came from. Well, it's because you're too smart and too mature. If you if you lowered both your intelligence and your maturity by a couple of steps, then <laughs> then you might understand. <laughs> yeah. No. There's... What has been your best experience in fine furniture so far? And by experience, a day, a project, a lesson, a feeling that you left with after one particular day in the workshop, whatever you want it to be. Um, well, my best experience is, is learning, is learning how... Anything in particular? Everything. I mean, everything to me from the beginning has been a... Um, uh, it's, it's all new. Mm -hmm. So, so when Sandra does a demonstration, I just stand there and take notes or I was videoing at the beginning because I mean, it's all, it's all new to me. So, um, but 
every experience I've had is has been amazing. And I've also, um, I'm learning from others that are around me as well, so. Is there one that particularly stands out? One of my projects? Or just an experience, like you said, learning, but um, I mean, there's certainly must be some things you enjoyed learning more than others. I, yeah, it's hard to know. I, I, I just, I just like being around. I think it's important to keep learning. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it expands your knowledge and it gives you more tools to do whatever you want to do with that. Why is that important? Yeah, I think it's important for continuing to learn. It keeps you, because change is constant and you, and you have to keep up with it. And I don't want to be a person that can't go to the grocery store and see automatic checkouts and not know or be afraid to, to, to use that. I want to be able to go to the grocery store and look at that option and say, oh, I can do that and, and do it. You spend a lot of time with your children. Yep. Have they noticed anything about you that's different now um, that you've done nine months of fine furniture? Well, it's, uh, it's interesting because now uh, my son takes after his dad. He's very, uh, he, he makes thing everything. And uh, so now when he comes over, I can have a conversation with him and we're on the same page. He understands what I'm talking about. And so I feel like I, you know, I, I feel like um, that we have more common knowledge. It must be nice to feel like you now speak the same language as your son. Yeah, well, I'm way below his knowledge level, yeah. but, but him and I can um, have some understanding. So that, that's pretty fun. What's been your most challenging experience? And again, define experience however you want. Uh, ch most challenging, I think, is is just um, that I don't remember all of the steps of what to do. And I don't want to screw anything up. I want to be able to see the demo and then I want to be able to do it. And I don't... Um, that's a challenge for me. I, I just, um, because there's so many steps for everything mm -hmm. and um, I don't want to miss a step. I want to make sure that I'm learning it all. And um, so that's a challenge for me. Um, yeah. What part of the curriculum has affected you the most? And you're, you can't say all of it. <laughs> uh, well, the biggest part I, I think is uh, SketchUp was a big learning curve for me. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem, like we haven't used SketchUp for this last month while we've been doing our chair, and I was, I already feel rusty on it, yeah. and um, I don't want that to happen. So um, I hope I can keep up with that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a really wildly useful tool. Yeah. What do form and function mean to you, and has our class changed how you feel about these concepts? Well, function has always been a f thing. I mean, f f function is what it is. It's, it's what is it? It's something that's functionable. What does that mean? Well, what does function mean? Function to me is you have a water bottle that has a screw tap top, and you have to screw the top on so the water doesn't come out. That's function. Form is 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 the shape of the water bottle. It could be, you know different looking so i think that's um that's the creativity of it and i'm not there yet but i hope to be one day you're not where 
at the creativity level, I don't think. I have things that go through my brain. Oh, I think that would be cool, but there's a lot more to making that. Even though you're in the process of building a chair that you designed? Yeah, I know. But, you know, there's never, it's, there's so much more to learning and, and expanding your idea of, I appreciate everybody in the class and what their chairs all look like. They're so different and that's all their own creativity. So it's, that's a form. Is your chair a product of your creativity though? I'm keeping my chair simple because I, I wanted to um, incorporate all of the concepts of the learning in the program. Um, I, and I wanted to be comfortable that I was actually going to be able to make it. And I also had to draw it. So I kept it simple. I noticed that you keep avoiding my question. What is, what was your question? <laughs> Don't you think that your chair is a product of your own creativity? Well, yeah, of course it is. So you're a creative person. Well, I guess I am. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Has the program changed how you think about trade, how you think about art, how you think about the environment? Well, I've always um, respect, respected trade. It's always been in my family. So your father, uh, your my husband. father, my husband, anybody that makes something with their hands, I have always respected that. So um, I don't think it has changed my my view on it. When you were growing up, did you ever talk? Did your dad ever talk to you about? trade and about labor and about what it meant to him to to work with his hands no not really because my mom and dad both came from england and my dad came from a very strict household his mother died when he was two so there never was a woman in his in his world and then at the age of 14 he was he had to leave school so he went into um the he went into learning how to make furniture at that time and then the war broke out and um so he and then he married my mom and they had eight children so it was all about supporting the family so he never really talked about um he, he was just a joy to be around he was always making things so but he never talked about it as um he never we never had the conversation i just I just assumed that my dad always knew how to make stuff. Did he seem like he enjoyed making things? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, for all of us, when we were married, he would make us a bedroom suite as a gift. Oh, I think you told me that. Yeah. So, and they're all different. Yeah. So mine is a maple and mahogany. I, it, it, it's beautiful. It's, uh, is it still your bed? Yeah. And it's a tall boy and there's a mirror with, with drawers and side tables and a headboard. It's, it's a beautiful piece of art. Did he pick the bedroom suites based on his children's personality? Nope, I don't think so. He he just said to me one day, what do you think about maple and mahogany? And I went, yup. And then he would build it. I mean, he was building bunk beds when all the kids were little. And I actually have a sewing cabinet that he made my mom. And I don't know when he made it because they immigrated from England and they came with little um and 
I have a feeling it was one of his earlier projects, so it's it's in my house. Was he, did he fight in the war? Yes. What did he do? He was um, he was based in North Africa and Italy. He didn't talk about the war. Okay. And he was never he was not a prejudiced person at all. So. But he was he was a, an infantryman in yes. North Africa. Yeah. And he never told you stories. No. Did you ever ask? Yeah, um, he would sometimes bring something up, but it wasn't, it wasn't in conversation. I, I don't think he wanted us to really know that part, so we didn't talk about it. We always respected Remembrance Day and and all of that, and yeah. But I mean, he was in a house full of women. It must have been interesting for him <laughs> <laughs> and one boy. Seven, seven women and one boy. Yeah, yeah. Where's what? Where is he in the order? In the birth order? <laughs> so he's the second oldest, and he's a twin to a girl. <laughs> what kind of personality did he develop with seven sisters? Anything he's very, unique? Re he's very respectful to women. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I would think so. Yeah. Um, empathetic. Yeah. 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 What? How do you define art? How do I define art? What does art mean to you? It means, well, it means anything beautiful. Hmm. It means anything that you want to have around you or that you want to make and keep or give away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. William Morris, as you know, because you did your paper on William I Morris did. also. Yes. He defines art as the pleasure laborers take in their labor. Yes. Or the pleasure anybody, for that matter, takes in their labor. Yep. What do you think of that definition? Well, he also said, keep nothing in your house that you do not find beautiful or useful. Mm -hmm. And I definitely go by that. Mm -hmm. Everything that I have is either beautiful or useful mm -hmm. in my home. And I've made a lot of things that I think are beautiful. So I, I liked him because, I mean, I didn't know his political views, but he, he was, uh, he drew and mm -hmm. he had the botanics of his, mm -hmm. um, all of his fabrics and his wallpapers, all, all of that speaks to me. I've, I went to his house in Walthamstow. Oh, it's still there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a museum. I would think yeah, so. Yeah, it's beautiful. Is yeah. it? Any of his politics or just his art? It's his, it's, well, I, I, I went there to look at the art, so okay. I don't know if the politics are there. Got yeah, yeah. How do you think art is affected by politics and economics, if it is? I don't know if it is uh, politics. Uh -huh. D do you? Is it? I mean, yeah. that's entirely subjective. Yeah. Yeah. Some I, people I, think it is. Some people think it is. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I don't know if it is. Um, um, for economics, well, people have money to buy art. So, you know, they support artists. So it is part of economics. Yeah. <laughs> Is it possible to be a fully realized artist in this 21st century capitalist Canadian economy where you have to, you know, pay mortgage, pay for food, put gas in the truck, all that good stuff? I think it's difficult. Yeah. I think it's a possibility. I do know some people that, that 
make a living on their art. Um, I think that you it, it is helpful if if you have a partner that is supporting in an, mm. another way. Um, definitely a doable thing for sure. The friends you have who make their living as artists, do they seem happier, more fulfilled? Is there anything different about their personalities? Oh, yeah, they're friendly, happy people. I mean, they art comes at any time of the day or night. They're not slotted into a you know, a nine to five job or whatever, they, they're always creative. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, think I think that affects their personality. I think so. Yeah. 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 They want to share their knowledge and yeah. What would be the first thing you would make if you had no monetary or environmental constraints? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't have any particular needs. So I don't, Anything that I, that speaks to me. Did yeah. you ever feel like making something for the sake of art, a sculpture? Or would it need uh, to be useful? I have done, I've done a lot of things. I've done felting and made bowls and knitting and make mittens and the clothing and, um, but I don't. There's nothing in particular that that I need to make or want to make. Not not right now. It's nothing you've been thinking about that you thought, man. If I finish my chair early, I'd really like to get started on this project. Um. Well, I had an idea the other day because I bought a piece of oak at the wood sale, mm -hmm. and I have a I have a steam box. I wouldn't mind learning how to steam, and I wouldn't mind making this shaker um, sewing, the round wooden sewing baskets that they made. It's bent wood. You've probably seen them. Bent wood basket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the indigenous tribes make those, those bent wood boxes. That's a bent wood box. Yeah. These, they, yeah, it's made differently, but it is, it's like an oval and it mm. has a lid and they used to use them for sewing. What speaks to you about a bentwood basket? The shape, I think. It's 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 oval. Yeah. I like shapes. Yeah. I like round. Even when I sew and do my quilting, I my eye goes to circles. Mm. Or or it could it could be a circle, but the pieces aren't made from a circle, they're all made from an angle. It's an illusion. If I asked you to make something sacred to you, and sacred can be theistic if you're religious, but it can also be you know, materialist, maybe your kids are sacred or your house is sacred, a uh, dog, some people's dogs are sacred. If I asked you to make something sacred to you, what would it be? I don't have anything that I would make first sacred. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. If I asked you to make something really meaningful to you, you wouldn't make anything? I'd probably make a box. Why a box? Because it's useful. You could put something in it and it's pretty and you put it on the shelf and you admire it. That would be the most meaningful thing you'd make? Uh, right now, but you know, next week it might be something else. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs> so you come down heavily on the um, 
function debate, fun- function half of form versus function. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Um, I don't like a lot of clutter. I like to keep a simple, I like simplicity. Mm-hmm. I don't like stuff. I don't like useless stuff. You don't have a lot of stuff in your house? I have a lot of beautiful things I've picked up on my travels and that people have made me and I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have trinkety stuff. I just, it has to have a purpose. It has to, you know, if it's pottery, it has to have a purpose, a vase or a mug, mug or whatever. It just, yeah. I don't, I don't care for things that just sit there and collect dust. If you only have three tools to use for woodworking for the rest of your life. Rest of my life. What are those three tools? Yeah, okay. Well, do I have electricity? <laughs> yes, you have electricity. <laughs> okay. I would have a table saw. I would have a plane. And I would have a square. And I have to have a fourth piece, which is a flint. Oh, why a flint? So I can burn all the things that don't. <laughs> so you can burn your mistakes? Yeah. You don't even want to see your mistakes? <laughs> no. I'm the same way. I, if I make a mistake, it quickly goes into the scrap wood pile. <laughs> well, you got to keep warm, right? Yeah, exactly. What sensual memory from the shop do you think will stay with you the longest? I think the laughter. I think the people that are there, um, everyone gets along um they compliment each other they're helpful they laugh we have lots of fun in the classroom um um yeah it's just everyone is so nice and and um i it's nice because they're happy you laugh you you're happy so yeah the laughter and your monthly weekly uh, baking <laughs> You're a baker too. I am a baker. Yeah. I'm look I'm looking forward to getting to taste some Leslie treats. <laughs> what do you think of Sandra and Beth? Oh wow. I have so much admiration and respect for both of them. I just um they have so much knowledge and um I just wish I could be around longer mm-hmm. to take that in and learn more and have their support. They're amazing women, and yeah, I just, I just think they're wonderful. You should take the class again. Absolutely. Why? Because I think it's just I've just hit the tip of the iceberg, and um, there's just so much more to know, and I can't remember all of the screw mm-hmm. and sizes for the drills, <laughs> and you know what color the handle's supposed to be, and you know the the different species of wood and even though i passed that um uh there's just yeah or how to use that silly domino machine so yeah my last question isn't really a question but more of an opportunity for you to share something that we haven't talked about some aspect of the program or your experience in the program that you think is particularly important I love, um, I mean, I love the way the program has run. I love the fact that um, everybody starts out together and everybody excels at their own pace and everyone can 
make other things on the side if they're caught up with their work. I love the opportunity to do that. Um, I also love the fact that um, Sandra has a lot of um, knowledge in her career, and but she's also always learning. Both mm -hmm. her and Beth are always taking another course. And I think that speaks volumes about the person who is teaching the class because it makes them understand that we don't all learn. We don't have that natural ability to learn as they, as they, as their talent, as the, they have talent. So, so the fact that they are still going to school and learning, it just, it, and that, and they struggle with that. It makes them realize that we all struggle too. So, um, th that's a huge part of how this program has worked. I think it's the it's the it's the people that are running it that has made it um, um, so successful. What are you going to do with the forty hours a week you're going to have on your hands? I'm going to get back on my bike. I haven't been on my bike for over a year. Uh, well, I have a few times, but I'm going to get back on my bike. I've got a massive garden that's speaking to me. I'm going to get my shop up and running. I'm going to go on some uh, traveling. Um, what are you going to make in your shop? Um, well, I got to I got to get it looking like my own space and um i will probably um well my daughter keeps sending me stuff so <laughs> what do you mean uh she she keeps she's she's wants me to continue on so she's sending me she sent me a picture of a cabinet the other day oh so she wants to put it, you to work yeah yeah to yeah, furnish she, her yeah, place. yeah 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 ah. that kind of thing well i yeah. hope you charge her a premium <laughs> yeah all right my friend well that's all the questions i have all right well thank you thank you very much this okay. was great